You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello, and we're back again. So, obviously, this week, of course, Apple had their Wonderlust uh, event, which, um, as Carl rather wittily described it on his uh, Mac and Forth podcast, are you wondering where the lust went? Because, um, overall, perhaps not the most exciting event ever. But, anyway, here we go. Uh, Nick is here again. Hello, Nick. How are you? Hi Simon, I'm I'm all right now that we've actually got round to recording. I, 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 yeah, <laughs> someone, someone, one of us, one of us may have dropped off to sleep this afternoon and <laughs> lost track of time. And uh, well, there you uh, go. They're I'm not... not saying which one of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, such is life. Uh, there we are. It's all good. Indeed. It's all good. Um, we were just about to abandon it, and then. Um, we didn't because we thought it's not going to be the longest <laughs> well, show ever. No, that's right. It shouldn't take us that long to sort of sum it up, really, because, um, well, we'll start talking about it now because the, the generally it was what we were expecting it to be. So yeah, I think it was so. About the phone and it was about the watch. Yep. So uh, uh, nothing unexpected there. No, nothing um, really unexpected. And although, uh, and although as, as Mac and Forth guys did say, because I've listened to that show as well. Um, I'm not quite sure that I was as disappointed as they were. <laughs> no, but well, um, yeah, it it was incremental changes. It's what we've come to expect from Apple now. Um, well, you we know, don't get big updates every year. It's just little changes, little little improvements, and uh, it was well presented as it normally is. Yeah, so, uh, I, I, I was quite so. happy with it. Uh, it's yeah. um, we'll come to the uh, we'll come to the little skit later because that seems to have divided opinion quite a lot. But um, indeed. <clears throat> Yes. So obviously they uh, hosted their Wonderlust event uh, as usual on a Tuesday, um, arriving here, you know, in the UK at six PM British summer time, which is quite a nice time for us. Makes it easier to watch than being during the working day. Though neither Nick nor yeah. I, I, work I did. Anymore. I did have to rush. I did have to rush out just before the end of it, but uh, because I'd got to go to one of the choirs that I. That I uh play the piano for so uh but and, uh, yeah, i managed no, to watch most of it i assume now they are ramping up towards uh you know autumn towards the and the christmas season will be coming no doubt Ind- so indeed, carols and indeed. various other things yeah. yep before you know what happens yeah it's christmas yeah, yeah there'll be har- <laughs> there'll be harvest festivals and all that um indeed. Plenty, of, plenty of work requires i have no doubt so um yeah, it, it was very much what we expected, I thought. Um, I'll mention later a couple of things that I hoped might be in the event. Um, I thought they made quite a lot out of it, really. I mean, they stretched it out to an hour and a half, which... Yeah, I, th- I think it was probably a little bit long, really, for, for what it was. Um, it was a little bit unnecessarily long. I think so because, because, as we've said before, it was it was it was a lot of it is just sort of 
yeah, we've improved things a little bit. We've done, a, we've tweaked it. We've done this. <laughs> well, we've also, you know, since the pandemic, we we have got used to them producing some of these, um, you know, product announcement type events in forty five minutes to an hour. Yes, um, that's true. And I did, yes, yeah. I thought it ran a bit long. I thought, you know, towards the end, it was like, really? Can, can, you know, have you got anything else to say or are we just going to just tell us you're done? But um, <laughs> other than that, it was fine. So uh, obviously they yeah. started out with uh, the video about uh, another birthday, which was um, about basically people saying how Apple technology had saved their lives through the use of, yeah, and the heart monitor. Or Which the... I, I, I thought I thought was good. Uh, I, uh, I, 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 I have some issue with with Mac and Forth. They're being too cynical there, <laughs> <laughs> being a little bit too cynical about it all. I, I, I thought um, it's good to have good news occasionally. I mean, all the people I know are always complaining how bad the news is all the while. So uh, to be able to crow about the lives that you've saved of people, it's a not, it's a good. It's a good news story. I've got yes. no problem with that. I didn't think so. Um, I think a few people didn't quite right at the start grasp where it was going because basically it was all about people getting prepared for a birthday while yes, later making it clear that they were celebrating their birthday and if it hadn't been for their watch or phone or satellite SOS or whatever else, um, they might not be celebrating uh, crash detection and all the other things that apple like to think so no i didn't think that was a bad thing to be doing it was you know there could be yeah i think what it is i think apple are trying to um because they're not having a live stand-up on stage stuff anymore they're trying to make it a little bit more cinematic a little bit more artistic uh, yeah and perhaps people people who are only really interested in the technicalities of it all just find it a little bit too much perhaps yeah, possibly, and um, but it, it was what it was. Uh, again, maybe that ran a little bit longer than it needed to, but it, it was overall a perfectly yeah. acceptable intro. Um, and yeah, good news. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with showing off a little bit. Um, we'll come up to possibly to some more showing off later on. Um, of course, we had Tim, Uncle Tim, came out said, "Good morning." And uh, <laughs> we, yeah, I can't do it like Alan. He does a very good version, doesn't he? Alan no, on McCoy. He does do a very good impression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he could do any more, but that's uh, that bit. He got that bit down anyway. Um, yeah. So obviously, we had unsurprisingly the Apple Watch Nine. Um, I think the biggest uh, feature for that really was the fact that it's got the new um, S9 SIP processor. Um, yeah. With uh, you know, big improvements. Uh, three nanometer, of course. Um, three nanometers. Three nanometers. Bonkers, bonkers small. <laughs> um, several people have commented on the fact that Apple were very clear. They they kept saying the S nine SIP and right. um, SIP is system in package, um, as opposed to an SOC, which is a full system on a chip. Um, and I. Th- think the reason they were doing that is the technicality that the the core of the S9 is 3 nanometer but i suspect other parts of the system are not 3 nanometer chips that they will be yeah could five be. or and, seven and not only that and not only that apple have been um 
integrating their memory and everything all into one sort of blob, if you like. So it has become a package rather than a than yes. just a chip. Yeah. Uh, so calling it system on package is, makes sense, really. Yeah. Um, I think originally I've seen in, in the past I've, when they first came, you know started talking about it, several people were saying it's actually a system in package, but they were very specific about that on this one, and I suspect that is something to do with the fact that the core is a three nanometer, and other parts of the system may not be three nanometer. Um, Could be the only trouble. The only trouble with the acronym, of course, is it's been used for lots of other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go. That's TLAs for you everywhere, isn't it? The more the more of them we Indeed. have, the more they're going to overlap. Um, so um, I don't have the tech specs of it here. It's three nanometer. Um, it's faster, obviously. I what did they say? Twenty percent faster, I think I recall. Um, yes. And brighter. Oh yes, the screen now goes up to three. Was it? Is it? Is it the nine or was it the ultra that goes up to three thousand nits? I can't remember. Uh, no, the screen's... Uh, oh yes, it's the Ultra Two that goes up to three thousand nits. Yeah. But the screen is brighter, and I think it's is it slightly bigger again. They've narrowed the bezel slightly, another half a millimeter. Or I something. must admit, I must admit, watching the video, um, it does look like a hunking big watch on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quite, uh, particularly the Ultra. It's a, it's huge. Yes, it's very big. Um, when the Ultra but, One came out, I did before it was available. I did manage to have a try on in our local, um, not actual yeah. Apple store. Um, they had one out the back and brought it out for me to try on. And um, yeah, it's big. And I, you know, I'm quite small. I'm quite a small chap, so it was way too big for me. Yeah. But um, yeah, you need really, really big wrists for it to look quite normal. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think so, but um, so it's. Uh, They've now got um, was it that they added what was it a neural engine to the was that what they added anyway it's got all yes. sorts of whizzy new bits in it um, and uh, first ever carbon neutral product yes so they, that... they were quite keen quite keen to talk about their green credentials which we'll talk about later yes <laughs> yes and apparently the Apple Watch is uh, carbon neutral now fully carbon neutral they've done stuff to reduce uh, remove all the plastic from the packaging um it uses uh, as we'll say later yeah all their products now use much higher amounts of recycled materials and uh, all those things which are all good they're all good um the apple watch series 9 now um well they say it now adds the double tap gesture which did you notice is the same double tap used by the vision pro yeah interesting that mm. and not only do i think that there's a, a good reason for that in that it's a, a sensible thing to do yeah um but also yes i don't think it hurts apple to be consistent with that and people begin to yeah, um, get people get people used to the um because that's to, what they did with the iPad when it came out, you know, saying, oh, look, it's just like your iPhone. But bigger, you know I mean, yeah. people had already got used to tapping and swiping and, and all the other things that we got used to. Uh, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, one thing, and I, I think I put this in the Slack, but actually, you can actually use some of those features already. Um, if you go into uh, assistive touch, I believe, in the accessibility you can use right. um, 
You can use double tap, fist clench, double fist clench, I think. Um, right, so that they've surfaced it, really, haven't they, to make it so yes. that everyone can use it and, without um, having to yeah, enable it. Without having to enable the assistive touch. And, of course, they've ramped up the uh, sensitivity of the accelerometer and uh, gyroscopes and whatnot to make it easier. From, I mean... Right. Um, I think we actually talked about the assistive touch double tap and fist clinch thing when they announced it, which I think was last year. But um, yeah, obviously that is aimed was aimed deliberately at people with um, disabilities. But you can, if you really want to do that, you can um, you can dig in the settings and enable some of those. Um, and I suspect that the other ones are still in the S9 just now. Also, you know, in the assistive touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they showed it basically using the double tap. Your watch should detect the double tap with the gyroscopes and the um, accelerometer and hit whatever is the already highlighted default on the watch. Um, some people have poo-pooed it. I suspect that if Apple persists with it, um, people will get used to it and you'll see people doing it all the time. You know, um, yeah. As long as they don't go silly with it, I I think that would be quite a useful thing to be able to do. Yeah, um, you know, very very much sort of not having to use two hands really. Yeah, look at your watch, t- tap or whatever, double tap or whatever you need to do. Yep, I can see that becoming a almost a a, a very natural thing to do. Definitely. Um, they've also, of course, with the new uh, S nine chip and its extra, you know flippity flops and other things it can do um it will now do on device on device siri um which should be good if you have one that can do that um means siri should and if work. Siri work if siri works for you <laughs> yes if siri works for yeah. you um but it does mean you should be able to use siri on your watch without having to have your phone nearby or without having to have a connection to the internet because i do occasionally go out to walk the walk vinny and uh, if I've got my watch on and uh, haven't picked up my phone, when I go, oi, you know, oi, S person, yeah. um, it tells me you're not connected to the internet. You're out of range uh-huh. of your watch. <laughs> Siri is not available. Um, I Again, lots of comments about, you know, how it's only an incremental upgrade. All these products are pretty mature now, let's be honest. They I, are, yeah. I really don't expect much change year over year i mean this one is effectively the first new chip for two years three years can't remember yeah but the s8 was basically the s8 don't know if they they did something with the names but one of them was really just the previous chip with a clock tweak or something it was um Mm -hmm. not you know it wasn't really a fully new chip it was uh it was a tweaked version of the previous one. So uh, much as ever. Uh, starts at $399 for uh, for the base model. Um, they've done away, of course, They've, they've uh, along with their other things, they've done away with leather. So there are no more leather straps. Um, no more leather straps. They're doing a, a fine woven product instead. Uh, I'd have to see that to see what I think. Um, Mm. I'm not a huge fan of leather in the first place, to be honest, so that doesn't bother me that much. Whether 
this product, you know, feels as premium as leather, especially at the prices Apple tend to charge for their straps. Um, I, I must admit, I sometimes struggle why people love leather, leather so much. It doesn't always work brilliantly for stuff. I mean, my um, my previous car had leather seat, and um, I can't say I like them more than the cloth seats because I don't think I did. I think I just ended up sliding around on them. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I th- it's it, each to their own, I suppose. I think going off topic again, but as as it were, I think traditionally. The reason leather seats were considered to uh, be premium, particularly in cars, is if you think back to sort of the late 60s or early 70s, the sort of option, the other options would be, you know, vinyl, some sort of faux leather vinyl. That's true. Yeah, my first Allegro had vinyl seats, and oh my word! If you got in it shorts, you knew in the summer. Oh yeah, you knew in the summer. It. Yeah, you know. Um, Gosh, yeah, it's like getting into a, an oven. Oh, oh dear! I've just sat on a hot plate. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, and of course, also before the development of the more modern kind of uh, super hard wearing kind of uh, seat fabrics that they use now, often. Yeah. Um, Sort of in the seventies, the it cheaper been... cars with cloth seats. The cloth seats yeah. were very prone to been... wearing through, and yeah. you would get That's in right. an old car. It would have been stuff and... like stuff like velour and and that kind of stuff, which after a while just looked really Awful. bad. Yeah, it and just wear out, <laughs> and would wear out, and you get in cars where the fabric had torn and the stuffing was all poking out, and uh, <laughs> that's right. I, I think yeah. the, the materials these days, bizarrely, I think most car drivers would say that they prefer, you know, the modern non-leather seats. I mean, obviously, it's a matter of choice, but um, yeah, I prefer I prefer the cloth. I must admit, I prefer a cloth seat. It it it, it stops you sliding about on a on a shiny surface. <laughs> And it's not quite so burn the back of your legs on a hot day. That's right. Absolutely. Even with air conditioning. Definitely. Um, there we go. Tangential. We'll uh, I'll put that other <laughs> bit that, that talks about that in the in the uh, after show, Nick. But um, oh, yeah. okay. what we were talking about before. Um so yeah, here we go. Um the S nine is the most powerful chip ever put into an Apple Watch. It has sixty percent more transistors and a four core neural engine. Um very good. 18 hours on a single charge, which I think is probably on par with the other recent watches. Um, yeah. On, on device Siri, um, apparently they've also upgraded the Find My, allowing for haptic and audio feedback when locating your iPhone. Um, fancy display. I noticed, um, I yeah, noticed uh, Mac, and Forth, Mac and Forth said they thought it was worthwhile updating, perhaps if you've got a 4 or a 5. Um, that it was worth updating to this latest watch, and I thought, what if, what if you're like me and you've got a two? <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to buy a watch. I don't I have. No. I just well, don't wear one, so it's no point. Uh, one of the, one of the guys in another Slack group that I, um, you know, that I visit said, yeah. I am tempted by the Apple Watch Nine, and um, I think I might get rid of my Series Zero in order to buy one. So, ah, right. there you go. Uh, no, that would be an upgrade. That would be an upgrade. <laughs> that would be an upgrade. Uh, you know, to be yeah. fair, I'm surprised that uh, a, st- a Series Zero is still running 
um, both of the C- Series Zeros yeah. that we had, they lasted a long time, but both of them in the end suffered they gave from... They up the ghost eventually. No, they were still working fine, but they suffered um, They suffered a slight battery swell, which pushed the screens off the bodies. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Just just the battery ageing. Yeah. Yeah, they were about four or five, four years old, maybe five years old when that happened. So um, they lasted pretty well. Um, but there you are. Um, no. So the Ultra, we're moving mm-hmm. on to the Ultra. Yeah. Mm. So same same thing, S9 chip. Yep. 3,000 um, 3, nits at, yep. at its highest. The, but for what it's worth, I've just checked, the Applewise Series 9 goes up to 2,000 nits. Oh, that's quite a lot brighter. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the scale is, but I'm guessing that's quite a lot brighter. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't recall what the S, uh, what the Series Eight was, but um, no. we've, we've got the Apple Watch. But, watch. Uh, yep. Sorry, Nick. No, it's all right. I was just going to say it's going to be whatever. It's brighter. Mm. <laughs> so the uh, Watch Ultra Two, um, new S nine chip, as you said. Uh, yes, it's an SIP. Uh, Three thousand nits. Uh, the new night mode now uses the ambient light sensor. Um, I've heard mixed reviews on that plan because obviously, oh, right. well, on the on the original, you turned you could turn the digital crown to yeah to take it from super bright down through to the um, red only night mode. But uh, apparently, quite a lot of people liked to, the ability to manually put it into night mode for whatever reason. Um, okay. I could I, I, I could see that. Um apparently Apple are now going to apparently do that for you. Um and some people are not overly keen on that idea. Whether or not you'll still be able to manually do it, I guess we won't find out until they start hitting people's wrists and then people can have a, a deeper dig. Um yes. and they've introduced a new modular ultra face, which makes use of the apparently slightly larger screen. Um but I, I have can't believe I can't believe after all this time that at some point they didn't decide that they'd allow people to design their own faces. Mm. I, mean, it, I'm, yeah. I don't know why they've chosen not to do that, really. I, I really don't know. They don't allow third-party <laughs> faces, do they, at all, and they're not having any no. of it. They're just not. No, you can't have third-party faces, whatever. For what it's worth, if you've got a an Watch Ultra 1, Apparently, despite the fact that the new uh, modular Ultra 2 or face or whatever it's called is uh, apparently designed specifically for the Ultra 2, it will work on an Ultra 1. Um, That's good. I am reliably informed that uh, you can do such a thing. So um, it gets the double tap as well, of course, and uh, all the other things which are on um, the standard watch because obviously it's running the same chip. Um, yeah, it gets its 36 hour battery life, 72 hours in the low power mode. Um, I believe they changed the colors of the loops. Um, and once again, the watch with the trail loop or alpine loop are carbon neutral. So all of those of you who like the diving loop, Yabu, (laughs) that's not carbon neutral. (laughs) Uh, Oh no. Oh no. Destroying the planet. Because it uses a little bit of electricity or something yeah. to make the rubber loops. Um, there we go. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and I think the the diving strap now comes in orange. I think apparently. Yeah. Um, and I think last year it was only available in black. I could be wrong. 
I could be wrong. I don't, you know. If you're not going to buy one, then you tend. Yeah, I must admit, I don't tend to look at colours very much. Um, no. So, but um, that doesn't really bother me one way or another. Again, if you've already got an ultra, probably you're probably not going to be tempted by this. Um, I think they extended its viable altitude and depth uh, range, so I believe it can now go deeper into the water and higher up the mountain without being outside its specified operating range. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised they didn't introduce a black one this year. Hmm. Uh, Still in the titanium grey, especially as they added a black one to the foams, which we'll get to later. Um, I I thought both of those were nice um, if you've got the previous version. And this is becoming, you know, the, just what we say every year. If you've got last year's, you're probably not going to want to update. But the tech... yeah. I think there's quite, there's probably quite a lot of us now sitting on older tech um, and just thinking, well, when when there's enough changes, I'll upgrade it. <laughs> well, I think even Apple no. um, have mentioned this before in events. Maybe it was WWDC, but they, they were saying that average life of most of their products is now at least three years that most people average users keep their products three to four years before they change them their phones and watches and ipads anyway not necessarily i say it's the it's the same as any product though isn't it when it's on that s curve of development i mean when it's when they're adding stuff every t- significant stuff every time, like when the iPhone was new or when the watch was new, then every update was significant because you were adding extra features that were going to be really useful. But eventually you get to a point, like we said at the beginning of the program, really, where all you're doing is just sort of tweaking at the edges and you can't really expect people to say, oh, I'm going to throw this perfectly serviceable watch away or recycle it or whatever. And I'm going to do that every 12 months when there's hardly anything changing. So. True. Very true. Um, so then we went on to the phones, of course. Um, Yay. Now with USB-C. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I, was all, I was almost, I did put in the slack. I, all, I was so close to buying one because uh, I've still got my 11. And I just thought, maybe, maybe I'll get the 15. And. I put in the um, basically just the, the the basic one, the 128 gig one. Yeah. Uh, and then I added a case, and then I added what else did I add? I added a case and something else. Oh, a charging brick for the USB C. Uh, and then it was another hundred pounds, pretty much. And I thought, oh, it does look mm. rather awesome money. And I looked across <laughs> at back at my eleven. And my eleven was crying on the uh, yeah. <laughs> on the settee, yeah. and I thought, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. So I backed out, deleted everything out of me, out of D- me uh, basket, bag and um, and, left. <laughs> and I'm going to wait a little bit longer and see how we go. Well, obviously, I've got the thirteen. Yeah, I liked a lot of what was in the fifteen, but not yes, enough. So did I. Yeah, not enough. So did I. I to make me. Jump. I like what they did with. I like what they did with the cameras, um, the 48 megapixel sensor, and uh, yeah, it's good stuff. But but yeah, not not. I'm quite happy with the photos that the 11 takes. In all honesty, for yeah, what I use it for, I I think, and I'm not the only person to have said this. Um, I think of what they announced, 
the standard iPhone and the iPhone Plus that go with it were the most yep. significant updates, really. Um, because yeah, so. the um, the iPhone now has USB-C. Um, it has a quote-unquote all-new design. Um, they've rounded the edges off slightly, not quite as sharp as previously. They've got this new yep. back. Um, this new dynamic island. You, yes, they've added the dynamic island, which was only on the pros last year. I think that's good as well, as we've said on the show before. Um, you don't want the dynamic island to fall into the same trap as the touch bar, where it's not on enough product to make it worth developers' yeah. while. Um, Agreed. If it go, you know, now yeah. it's across the across the range. Um, it's got much more. Um, likelihood, I think, of being used more widely. Um, and it uh, came in how many different colours? One, two, three, four, five different colours. Yes, including a very pink pink. Um, yeah. And then the sort of pastel-y yellow, green and blue. Yep. Um, and uh, and a grey, or, or, or are they calling that black? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I think they might be calling that one black, or possibly space grey, I don't know, or midnight, or whatever they call it at the moment. Whatever they call it this week. Um, Very nice. Um, Yeah. Reasonably, in quotes, reasonably priced. I don't think there was um, an uplift in price this year. Despite... No, it's just, no, still the same, 799 for the... Um... The normal, the one, the standard size, and eight nine nine for the plus. Um, my daughter, my daughter Ruth, who like you, she has an eleven Pro Max. Um, mm-hmm. which, as we've talked about before, she replaced the battery on, which is you know giving it another lease of life. But uh, she's very tempted by the fifteen because it is a big jump. Um, yes, yes, without a doubt. I mean, if you look back at what's been added over the last few years, there's actually quite a lot. Probably, yeah. And um, I mean, what uh, one of the big problems with Apple, or with any any mature product really, but with Apple um, as well, is 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 a lot of the stuff sort of hidden. So the the essential operations of the phone are exactly the same between the eleven and the fifteen. Um, but you know, a lot of the stuff is sort of hidden behind the scenes. Yes, um, where you might you might not even notice it, but but it's there. Um, didn't they change the have they changed the display technology on this, or did they change it on the previous one? I think I it was remember. on the previous, because this one has an OLED Super Retina XDR display. That's right, yeah, um, whereas mine's still the um, still the L- L- LED one. I yes. The 11. Uh, well, mine's the yeah. 13, and mine is the, whatever it was called, Retina XDR or Liquid Retina or something. Yes, um, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Which I find to be fine. So, so yes, I, I think I think it's quite desirable. Definitely, um, I'm just going to wait and for a bit longer. I think yeah. I, I might get a, then the same route as you were suggesting and get a new battery for it for a while. Yeah, for, for... It, it isn't it isn't lasting all day. My battery now, especially if I play a game or two, really yeah. hammers it. That starts to spank the spank the battery, doesn't it? Um... Yeah, I can, feel, I can feel the back feel the back of it getting quite warm at times. Yes, yeah, that's that's the other one, isn't it? Um, they've yeah. got uh, brightness up to sixteen hundred nits, two thousand nits in direct sunlight. Apparently, twice as bright as the iPhone fourteen. Slightly thinner bezels, 
um, and similar 16.1 and 16.7 inch displays as last year. Uh, still an aluminium enclosure, nothing wrong with that. Uh, slightly rounded edges, as I said. Uh, yeah, pink, I, yellow. I like the uh, I like the 16.1 particularly because it just about fits in my pocket still. <laughs> Any bigger than that, and it would probably stick out rather. I've got... Uh, uh, and I do no. like to carry my phone in my pocket, so... <laughs> I, I'm i sorely tempted next time to move up to a plus size, to be honest. Um, yeah. Because my eyes aren't as good as they used to be. And I do spend Indeed. a lot... Of, I do spend a lot of time on my phone. Um, a few years ago, you know, it was like, if you had to give up one, or only keep one piece of Apple kit... What would it be? Well, a few years ago, it probably would have been um, my MacBook, but now I'd have yeah. to be honest and say it's my phone. I use, you know, I'd miss my MacBook, something terrible, but I'd miss my iPhone a hell of a lot yeah. more, I think. Um, yeah, I probably use my phone. I use my iPad a lot as well, but then that I know you haven't got you haven't got one, have you? So no, I don't have one. Um, but I use my iPad a lot at home. But when I'm out and about, obviously, it's the phone all the way. So. Yes, um, very good. I, I like the update. I thought the update was worthwhile, um, but just not for me at the moment. No. Um, I'm going to. As I say, I was very close. <laughs> yeah, close. <laughs> literally, literally, li- literally a sort of finger's length away from buying it. Hovering, uh, hovering over. I looked, the... all, I, looked at all, I looked at all that money and thought, uh, maybe I could go away to I could go away for a short break on that quite easily, or yes. maybe two short breaks. <laughs> I was going to say possibly two, to so, be honest. Yeah, um, yeah so I th- that's what I've decided instead. <laughs> yeah, they have a new um, etched matte finish on them. Um, obviously, as you said, they've upped the camera sensor to forty-eight megapixels, which is a big jump, that's good. isn't it? That brings it, it up to sort of in line with the Pro or at least the Pro from last year, I think, um, with uh, sensor shift optical image stabilisation. I don't know if that's new or not. Is that new? in the? St- I think it's new in the standard. Uh, I think that's new to yeah, the standard. Yeah, it is new in the standard. Yes, because um, there was no, there was no um, image stabilised. Well, or is it by that, to the, by op- did they say optical shift? No, it's sensor shift. Which sensor means, shift. Uh, okay. So it's means, done in software, effectively. No. The, the, the sensor has actually can physically move around on little... Oh, right. Okay. Oh, I think you're right then. I, I think that's think new. I had it last time. No, it had... Yeah. Um, the previous ones, I believe, had stabilisation, software sta- stabilisation, but this has actual sensor shift stabilisation. Um, of all... So I, was, th- I, I there's think... There's more in there than I thought there was. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And also they've added a new generation Ultra Wideband 2, I think, um, right. to improve um, the precision finding, which can now also be used with Find Your Friends and so on. Um, right. That's good. I, I think... Some nice some nice little tweaks there. Yes. Definitely I, some nice little tweaks. Of the lot, I think the, the standard range, because all of those also apply to the plus size. I mean, the plus is exactly... Yes. Exactly the same um, phone, but they've sh- they've shuffled down a fair few features from the bigger phone, which make it well worthwhile. I yeah, I, I think so. Um, like I say, my daughter's seriously considering it. Um, 
I think I'm going to hold out till next year. My phone's only two years old. Yeah, I might wait till next year, or I might have a look on Music Magpie in the middle of the year and see what's going on mm. <laughs> in another six months' time. Um, we'll see. And they've added um, more countries to the emergency SOS satellite, and um, at least in the US, they have uh, roadside assistance via satellite. Um, yeah. So there we go. Um, that's yeah. That's the standard range, and um, they're probably the biggest jump. Yeah, compared I to the. That's a re- I think that's a really good standard. I mean, if it, standard makes it sound a bit. Yeah, well, Apple mediocre, <laughs> mediocre, and it isn't really mediocre at all, is it? <laughs> no, it's not mediocre. It's actually at a all. very good phone. Yeah, yeah, and then um, we went on to the Pro and the Pro Max. Um, which this time... Oh, that's right, and we had to have a snazzy video about the titanium build. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now with uh, titanium, and um, it has a a USB-C 3 port, as opposed to the standard, which comes with USB-C 2. Um, It's added an action button, replacing the toggle, as was predicted. which can, by default, merely toggles on and off the sound, but can be used for other things. Um, Apparently, because of its titanium construction, it's now the lightest pro iPhone ever created. And um, also, as predicted, now adopts the um, same technology as the 14 uh, standard, where the... um, it has an internal structure so that the back is mounted separately from the front so that if you need to re- get at items at the back or replace the back, it can be done without disassembling the whole phone. Yeah, that's um, the, that's good, isn't it? That's Apple. They're, they've done one or two things like that recently, haven't they, to make things a little bit more repairable, which is yep. a good thing. Um, again, they've reduced the bezels. Um and uh, apparently this is not purely, this is not milled out of one piece of titanium or whatever. Inside, the substructure is still aluminium. Um, right. Now in a brushed finish, um, which looks nice, I thought. Uh, now available in black, white titanium, blue titanium, and a natural titanium. Excellent. And they, they did something clever with the lenses and things, which I, I must admit I didn't fully understand. Oh, but... what, the tetra, the tetra, <laughs> the tetra prism. Yeah, obviously yeah, there was all, this, all, all that sort of stuff. Uh, the Tetra Prism, I think that's only on the Max phone, though, isn't it? Only available on the Max phone. Oh, is it the Max? Uh, yeah, not the Pro. Well, it's uh, only on right. only on the, the Pro Max. Oh, it's the Pro, the Pro Max. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's their Tetra Prism um, thing, which gives them, uh, or at least they claim, the equivalent of a one fifty millimeter uh, focal length, which. Which is bonkers. <laughs> and quite a lot I, of... I think of those big cameras. I mean, I used to carry around a camera that had a 70mm lens on it, and that was big enough. <laughs> well, a 150mm lens is big. Um, I think quite a lot of real photographers are um, disputing that by various means. Well, uh, does it matter? Does it matter? Um, you can get closer to the action. That's all that matters, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Tetra Prism is very clever. Basically, oh, yeah. by using four uh, triangular prisms stacked up, you are bending the light 
so it, it doesn't travel in a straight line it goes up in you know up at 45 degrees down at 45 degrees up at 45 degrees down at 40, until it reaches so thus effectively stretching the distance between the lens and the sensor um yeah i don't i don't i don't know why I don't know why real photographers would be saying that's not true. I mean, if you if you're, well, if you're making whole, it physically it's, longer inside. Well, I think the dispute is, you know, there's a whole load of technicalities about how cam- cameras work. And I, I am of the opinion that it makes it better for Joe Blogs. If you're a serious photographer, then no, you probably should not be using an iPhone Pro or otherwise, you know, it's... No, it's a nice phone, no, and it does enough, all but, it does all sorts of clever tricks. For the vast majority of us, the vast majority of us who just who who use our phones to capture memories, and and then it it's it's great. It just gets you closer to the action without actually physically having to get closer. I think so that I don't I don't really care whether I don't really care whether it's digital zoom or whether it's whatever. As long as you're getting a good picture at the end of it, I don't it, really care precisely how um, they're doing it. It's just clever. Yeah. I think my my kind of view on the whole thing is, you know, serious photographers always have issues with what Apple or Samsung or whoever. You're always going to get a better. You're always going to get a better image if you've got a nice big lens letting in lots of light. Yes, onto a great. Uh, big, there's no you know, argu- I don't think there's any argument. I don't think there's any argument about that. I mean, I've seen photographs taken from. Um, you know, with with proper lenses and whatever, and people who know what they're doing, and they're remarkable. The photos are just sort of, you can stand and look at them for you know, ten exactly. minutes and think, wow, what wow. a photo, wow. Um, but at the same time, the vast majority of people are just using these to take snaps, even yeah. if they're spending all the money on the Pro Max, you know. And I think that my take on it overall is that all of these smartphones and all the improvements to the cameras and all the clever tricks they use and the smoke and the mirrors and the computational photography, (laughs) you know, because some of it is smoke and mirrors. There's multiple lenses and they do compositing and computational photography and blend multiple passes of the sensor and all these tricks. And, you know, it's clever and it's tricksy and it does all sorts of, you know, makes use of trillions of flippity-flops to do all sorts of brilliant things. But what it does is allows donkeys like you and me to take a photograph with a reasonable expectation that it will come out half decent. Whereas back in the old days when we, you know, those of us who were not proper photographers tried to take photographs, 90% of them would have been shaky, out of focus, badly exposed, you know, all of those things. And we would have to throw away 90% of the photographs we took. Whereas now you can whip your phone out, take a snap and it's, you know, it's image stabilized. It's auto focused. It's auto light corrected. Yes. Got HDR. Right. The, vast major- the vast majority of us don't want to understand focal lengths and um, aperture sizes, and we just don't. We d- <laughs> we just want a decent picture. We want to point it, and it, and we want it to produce a picture that looks something like what we're pointing it at, and that's close enough for most of us. Mm. And I think I think that's great. So um, yeah, again, we've got a new. Uh, now this year that it's the A17, but this year no longer Bionic, it's now Pro. Um, 
uh, we've got obviously the A. Uh, sorry, the A seventeen is also three nanometer. Apparently, um, was the watch was the watch not three nanometer? Maybe I was wrong when I said that. Anyway, maybe the watch isn't three nanometer, but this is definitely. Yeah, right. they, they certainly mentioned three nanometer at some point. So. Well, more than once, definitely. <laughs> yes. Um, So, yeah, the A17 Pro is definitely 3 nanometer. It's got a 6-core CPU, um, 4 efficiency cores, uh, neural engine, um, and processors at 35 trillion operations per second. Uh, So lots of flippity-flops. With, yeah, it's... You've got a a new controller for the USB-C so that it's a USB-C 3 which they quote to be 20 times faster than USB-C 2 20% uh, speed increase over the previous phone um, and uh, lots of camera improvements. Uh, Again the price apparently is the same as last year I believe the Pro Max is slightly more expensive but they've dropped the 128 um, gigabyte storage model so I believe at the event they said the same price as last year's for the equivalent storage. So basically. can you imagine? Can you imagine back in the day when computers cost, you know, even PCs cost twelve hundred quid, fifteen hundred quid? Can you imagine going to someone in those days and saying, "And you know what? One day you'll be paying that for your phone." <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, so it starts at effectively $1,200 for the Pro Max. Um, and I'm right. sure it ratchets up vastly if you start ex- extending the storage. Which, of course, if you want to do all the 4K video and take lots of super high resolution shots and all that, you should probably um, invest in. Otherwise, you'll be constantly. I must admit that was that was something else I did think about when I was thinking about the fifteen. Is if I upgrade to the fifteen, I'm probably going to need more storage, then, aren't I? Because (laughs) the photos are going to be that much bigger than they were. (laughs) But there we go. Mm. That's what you pay. I'm afraid for progress. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. That is true. So, uh, and then um, obviously there was some. They made a lot out of the new. Uh, A17 Pro uh, because it's got um, some insane number of GPUs in it um, which means they will be bringing console level games to the iPhone um, yeah and proper console level games as well mm. by the sounds of it so that's the f- probably the first time where they've actually said that and actually meant it um, yeah they also said that they will if you want to pay for it iCal Plus now includes six terabyte and twelve terabyte storage options. Um, I'm not so... quite sure what you'd use, what you put in that. I must admit, I mean, when I got the uh, two terabyte um, iPad, um, it's really difficult to use up that space because it's not like you can use it for general storage. I mean, no, you can, you can use it for general storage in the sense that you can store your your documents on it but honestly two terabytes is going to take quite a while to use up just for documents i, I um, think obviously i i just 
I suspect the whole point of adding these, you know, very large or well, fairly large storage options. It'll be the photos, won't it? It's for people yeah. who want to take super high resolution, 48 megapixel raw photos and 4K videos. Yeah. And, um, yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt. All that. Oh, of course, they also, um, they also said that now using um, the USB-C 3 on Pros, you can now directly uh video straight to external storage oh that's interesting um because it's now fast enough to do that uh and it supports uh the qi2 charging um i think that covers all models of iphone 15 i think the uh you know the chi2 mag magsafe uh standard now so it's just a f- that's just a faster faster chi it's a faster version of chi it? it's the it's the yeah. um effectively Apple's MagSafe, which was faster than Qi, was proprietary, oh, right. and then Apple gave or licensed or something a lot of the technology that they used to the whatever body manages it and um, cre- helped them to create the Qi 2 standard. Uh, right, okay. So that cool. um, brings, you know, MagSafe level charging to everybody. Um, no more leather accessories. Um, you can now buy a 240-watt USB-C charge cable. Uh, AirPods Pro 2 will get USB-C. And, of course, there is a Lightning to USB-C dongle for people who refuse to give up their Lightning attached. (laughs) Uh, Whatnots. So, uh, there you go. Um, And that was all of the products. And then, of course, we also had a lot of stuff about Apple and their, um, uh, you know, their credentials um they're they're green, green credentials, credentials. yes yeah. um, so uh, i unlike um, I, mean, I did listen to the mac and forth crew who were quite scathing about this um i personally quite enjoyed it and it made me smile and giggle a bit um it was obviously meant to be incredibly tongue-in-cheek while yeah. putting across some important information um Okay, it was incredibly corny, um, but they're not actors, and I think it was meant to be. <laughs> I yeah. think it's designed to be. And okay, they're not as good at parody as we are, so it doesn't come across quite as naturally with the Americans. I don't think. No, but uh, but I I it made me, it made me smile. It made me laugh. I thought I thought it was quite good. It was perhaps a little bit too long again. But I thought yeah. it was quite clever the way that. that I mean, and did. it was far, It was it was five minutes long, and I think if they kept it to maybe three and a half minutes, it yeah. would have been more punchy. Or even, or even three minutes would have been probably fine. But yeah, no, I I, I quite I quite liked it. I thought it was. Um, I I like the fact that they're not frightened of laughing at themselves a little bit. No, I mean. And, um, um, you know, people have said, oh, you know, it's Tim Cook sort of fluffing his lines while he's trying to say what he's going to say to Mother Nature on the way and um, yes. when she arrives and all that. I, it was, I think it was definitely tongue-in-cheek and it was definitely meant to... Um, and I, so it was, what happened is they're, they're, probably in a, they're probably in a conference room saying, look, we really need to highlight our green credentials because it's really important. How are we going to do it? And someone said, well, let's do something funny. I think that's probably yeah. just how it happened. I think so. And uh, I, I didn't. And, think... uh, yeah, I thought it worked quite well. I thought I th- it worked quite well, and uh, I, I, I didn't think it was that cringeworthy. I, 
I think it was meant to be. I think we were meant to cringe a bit at the whole thing because it was all meant to be done in a very light-hearted way. Yeah, um, but it did put across quite a lot of important points. Um, yes. And on the Mac and Forth show, as they said previously, we would have just had somebody standing in front of the of a slide with a bunch of bullet points saying, and we've done this, and we've done this, and we've done this. Yes. No, um, no beryllium, no, yeah, no beryllium, no this, no that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, they have, you know, started producing carbon neutral product, which is excellent. They've, you know, they're increasing the amount of recycled material they use. They're... Um, some of their products are now, you know, they it's all recycled gold. It's all recycled tin, I think. You know, yeah. mostly recycled t- um, titanium and aluminium. Uh, I mean, if you, if you care about the planet, you really do want us to get really, really hot on recycling. And it's just the start. I mean, are Apple doing better than anyone else? I doubt it. There probably are the companies that are doing better. Um, but they are making an effort. And, you know, I think that's worth applauding, really, because we really need to get push really hard. I mean, one of the questions that people ask about electric cars is, what's going to happen to the batteries? They'll just end up getting thrown away. You know, and that might be the case, but we can't let that happen. We can't keep making the same mistakes over and over again, surely. No. We well, need to recycle. Um, what was, I forget the, the amount um, that they said, but, I mean, Apple was saying a large percentage of the cobalt in batteries is now reclaimed because um, yeah, that's good. cobalt can be reclaimed from... From batteries um i'm not up on the technology but i understand that lithium iron batteries even at the end of their life the under the you know correct techniques used the stuff can be taken out and cleaned and large you know yeah, a large think, percentage still, of it can be reused yeah i think we're still on a learning curve with recycling batteries but um so you know i don't think we've been doing it very long so perhaps i think the figure I've heard bandied about by, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of the company now. It's an American company formed by one of the guys who used to work for Tesla. Um, and I can't think of a oh, Redwood, Redwood. I think they say they can recover about 95% of a, of a car battery mm. for, for reuse, which is pretty amazing, really. Um, but yeah, we're just going to keep working at it and really getting better at it because we can't keep uh, plundering the planet for it. Well. True. And plus, of course, you know, we constantly hear of these, you know, possible new battery technologies, which could, you know, yeah. supersede, uh, what's, uh, I don't know, there's a, I forget, something iron, active iron or something was one that they're talking about, which doesn't wire. Um... Oh, there's there's quite a few about, I mean, there's sodium, sodium iron batteries um, are coming, I think. Um, a lot of cars now have LFP batteries. My uh, my battery in my solar thing is an LFP battery, uh, so no 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 cobalt no cobalt in those. Um, yeah, we're still learning really with batteries. I think there's still probably a fair way to go with batteries. I think come back in another ten years' time, and I think they'll be completely different beasts. Oh, well, I'm sure they will. I mean, you know, I think it's easy to forget just how quickly we've actually advanced battery technology as it is um yeah you know we've gone from uh was it uh nicads you know with their that's right you know charge memory and 
all the problems that there were with them to lithium ion and now you know the modern lithium ion is way better than the original lithium ion and so on and so forth it's just um it just is isn't it so uh there we go yeah. well i think we've about covered it nick that was uh I think we have. pretty much it so um i guess we'll wrap it oh, up yeah i enjoyed the event it was a good event and there was enough in there particularly about the phones i mean I, i'm not particularly interested in the watch but the I really thought that the 15 was very good, hence the fact that I almost bought one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes. not quite. Not quite. But, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, in the length that it was, I perhaps would have liked to maybe hear a bit more about the technicalities of the S9 and the um, A17 Pro, but it's yeah. a consumer event. It's not. You know, it's not WWDC. It's not a. It's not a technical no, um, that's right. piece. I might have liked to hear maybe a bit about the progress with the Vision Pro. That might have been nice. Um, yes, it would. I think they might have mentioned it in passing, but um, they didn't like have anything particularly about it. I think Tim mentioned it early on, didn't he? Saying something about a new paradigm in computing and. Yes, you know, he did. We're impressed by what developers are already doing, but they didn't really say anything about it. Um, overall, you know, not the, not the most exciting um, product announcement they've ever done, but you know, worthwhile. And I think it makes you, me you, wonder whether makes me wonder whether there might be a mid to late October event. Perhaps who knows? Yeah, yeah it's possible. It's possible. Wouldn't be the first time they've done that, would it? Um, no, Minji. Quo and Co are saying there won't be any new more, you know, anything else new until early 2024, but we all know that they're wrong as often as they're right. So <laughs> take, you That's know, true. take all their pronouncements yeah. with a barrel of salt. Um, Yeah, I, I thought it was a perfectly adequate one. Maybe ran a little bit long. Um, And as for the Mother Nature thing, I didn't hate it. Maybe not the snappiest and, you know, wasn't horribly cringy. I thought it went a bit long. And I think maybe they could have put that at the end rather than where they did. Yeah, um, that's true. That would if, have been, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think if they'd put it at the end, that would have made an awful lot more sense. I think. If they'd had, because they had quite a lot of stuff about their environmental uh, things in the presentation itself. I think if they'd had yeah. that and then they'd had the comedy skit kind of to reinforce that at the end, maybe that would have just felt a little bit less out of place. It did feel strangely out of place where they put it. They sort of put it in in the middle, which was a little bit. Yeah, odd. I can I can I can sort of see how uh, uh, people watching it would think. Oh, come on, get on with it. Just yeah, tell wanna... us about the stuff. Tell us about the stuff. So I think maybe yeah. if they put it on the end, that might have been a better choice. But um, other than that, I thought uh, it was a perfectly pleasant evening's entertainment, as it were. So uh, Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, there we go. So we'll wrap it up then, Nick, because time is getting on as we, as we started quite late. So um, that's it, I guess. Uh, you all know the stuff. I can't be bothered with it this week. Find find me. <laughs> look up look look up Serenak. S E R E N A K. Join us in the Slack room. Um, yeah. Join us in where the Slack room. Where you'll find me and others. Where you'll find me and Nick and Alistair and Jim and Jim. various other people. Johnny. 
Donny, let's let's see if yes. we can try and mention them all. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and lots of other people, some of whom, um, there's Rob Rate, of course, and various other people. Oh, Rob, yes. Rob, yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, of course, uh, Nemo. Nemo pops in there. Um, of course. We just... Yeah. And then there's quite a lot of other members who only pipe up occasionally, Suffolk Pete and various others. So if you want to keep up with what's going on, um, join us in the Slack. The link is in the show notes. Uh, and uh, we'll call it a day. And hopefully we'll be back next week. So until then, Nick and I will say goodbye. It's a day. That's the one. <laughs> You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say, if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even, if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Looking for a show that talks about Apple and Apple products? Then Geekiest Show Ever is for you. What about Amazon? Google. Geekiest Show Ever is for you. Mesh networks, distance learning, all kinds of technology, interviews. Yes, Geekiest Show Ever covers that too. I'm Elisa Paselli. And I'm Melissa Davis. Listen to the Geekiest Show Ever on the MyMac Podcasting Network in your favorite podcast player. Feedback, show ideas, and reviews, always welcome. This has been the Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening. I uh, I was on um, Chat GPT. Uh, let me just call it up. Chat. Openai.com. That's the one. So I asked it. Um, I asked it to write. So my my uh, prompt was write a review of the Essential Apple podcast, mentioning the hosts by name and saying a little about their conversation style. Uh, and so this is the first thing it wrote. It says. Uh, uh, a must-listen podcast for Apple enthusiasts, the Essential Apple Podcast. <laughs> the Essential Apple Podcast has quickly become a, a staple in the world of tech products, offering listeners an engaging and informative dive into all things Apple. <laughs> Hosted by Simon Parnell, 
and Nick Riley, this podcast is a treasure trove of insight, news, <laughs> and discussions for Apple aficionados. Brilliant. Simon Parnell brings a wealth of Apple knowledge and experience to the podcast, <laughs> and it's evident from the very beginning that he's deeply passionate about all things Apple. <laughs> well, some, anyway, some it goes on a little... Oh, yeah, dear. it's a little bit a little bit effusive, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I then wondered what it would say if I put uh, write a critical review of the Essential Apple Podcast, mentioning the hosts by name and <laughs> saying a little about their conversation styles. So, in my book, critical just means be realistic. Yeah, not. But it took critical to mean slag it crit- off. It took critical to mean <laughs> criticism. Yeah, and not only that, but it didn't. It it, it obviously didn't think it had got to be truthful. <laughs> so it says the the essential Apple podcast hosted by Simon Pinell and Nick Riley promises to be a go to source for all things Apple. However, after t- tuning in for several episodes, I can't help but feel disappointed by the overall quality and content of the show. First and <laughs> foremost, let's discuss the hosts, Simon Parnell and Nick Riley. While I'll certainly have a passion for Apple products and technology, their conversation style often leaves much to be desired. <laughs> Parnell, and Riley, Parnell and Riley come across as uninspired and, dare I say, dry. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, well, that's... that's and, and later on, it goes on to say how bad the sound quality is. And I thought, well, that, that's not actually... All it's doing is writing a criticism and, and making things up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I then asked it to write, I just put the word balanced review. And this is quite interesting. So I'll read this one all the way through because each of them is about five or six paragraphs. But this is quite interesting. It says, a balanced review of the Essential Apple podcast. I've been an avid listener of various tech podcasts for quite some time, and the Essential Apple podcast is one that has consistently piqued my interest. Hosted by Simon Parnell and Nick Riley, this show offers a unique blend of Apple-related insights and discussions that cater to both diehard Apple enthusiasts and casual users alike. Simon Parnell and Nick Riley, the hosts of the show, bring their distinct personalities and expertise to the table. Simon is known for his deep technical knowledge, an affable demeanor. His contributions to the podcast often delve into the nitty-gritty of Apple's software and hardware, making it a valuable resource for those who love to explore the technical side of Apple products. Nick, on the other hand, adds a touch of humor and everyday perspective to the discussions. His light-hearted approach to Apple topics ensures that listeners never feel overwhelmed by jargon or technicalities. One of the standout features of the Essential Apple podcast is the conversational style that Simon and Nick adopt. They have a natural rapport that makes you feel like they're sitting down with friends discussing the latest Apple news and products over a cup of coffee. This friendly dynamic sets the podcast apart from others that may come across as more formal or rehearsed. (laughs) Simon and Nick's camaraderie... I like that, yes. Simon and Nick's camaraderie is evident in their banter and it makes the podcast feel inviting and accessible to listeners of all backgrounds. Furthermore, the show's content is well-structured. Episodes typically include a mix of news and rumours related to Apple products, reviews, and discussions about various Apple services and features. This variety keeps the podcast engaging, and it ensures that there's something for everyone in each episode. Whether you're interested in the latest iPhone release, curious about macOS updates, or just looking for tips and tricks to enhance your Apple experience, you're likely to find it here. However, it's worth noting that the Essential Apple podcast may not be for everyone. 
while the host's conversational style is one of its strengths, it can sometimes lead to tangential discussions that some <laughs> listeners may find distracting. <laughs> Additionally, the show's format might not appeal to those seeking in-depth technical analysis or format at all product reviews, as it leads more towards casual conversation and personal insights. In conclusion, the Essential Apple podcast offers a delightful listening experience for Apple enthusiasts who appreciate a relaxed conversational approach to tech discussions. Simon Parnell and Nick Riley's chemistry as hosts adds charm to the show, making it feel like you're part of a friendly tech chat. While it may not be the go-to podcast for those seeking exhaustive technical details, it strikes a balanced and enjoyable middle ground for anyone interested in staying informed and entertained in the world of Apple. <laughs> so I thought, actually, that's that's pretty close. That's how I see us. Yeah, no, that's not bad, um, is it? It makes you the, wonder the where thing it, it t- trawls all that from. Yeah, it does. And, uh, and it also makes you wonder how much of it is fairly generic. Oh you know yeah, I mean? it's it, it using it, it might write the same thing about another podcast altogether. Oh, probably. Um, yeah. But what I thought was it, what I thought was interesting was um, wherever it's getting the information from, it, it actually know much about our podcast because there is Apple stuff in it, but there's other stuff as well, and it doesn't once mention the fact that there's other stuff thrown in. So yeah, interesting experiment. I thought. Yeah, interesting. I wonder, I wonder, you know, it does make you wonder what it uses as a source to get any information at all. Yeah, well, it must be it must be looking at your web pages, I would think. You know, the the show notes and things. Uh, certainly so. to get our names and whatever. But you wouldn't so. think it would dig up much else, would you? From there, to be honest. No, don't no. tend to actually write interesting in there. No, no. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's nearly all links, isn't it? To other yeah. things. Very interesting. Very interesting. Interesting. I think the I think the negative one was more interesting because it, it just showed that really it was it was being fairly gener- generalist about it. Oh, yeah, it wasn't just... really basing it upon us. <laughs> no, not at <laughs> all. It's quite interesting. Yeah. You know, but it sounds you could see from that how it can you know, if it can churn out fairly generic stuff, no one would. If you didn't know the podcast intimately, you would not. Any three of those would sound believable. Yes. Uh, what I thought was most interesting about the balanced one was it's the only one that talks about the tangential conversations. Yeah. So where it got that from, I don't know. Because, I mean, let's face it, we're very good at tangential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Before we start, I'm just going to step away from the mic for two seconds, and then we'll be back and we can start. Okay, okay.